It doesn't get any easier for Zach Wilson and the Jets as the 6-1 and one Buffalo Bills come to MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Can the Jets shock the world and beat the division-leading Bills? We'll preview the game and make our predictions. We'll react to the trade deadline where the Jets didn't do much and stood pat. We'll react to Robert Sala's comments on Zach Wilson after... An atrocious performance against the Patriots. We'll also be joined by a friend of the program, 97.5 FM, ESPN Radio Houston host and Jets fan and avid listener of Gangs All Here, Jake Asman joins the show. It's all coming up next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to catch full episodes of the program. Jake Asman from the Jake Asman Show in Houston and YouTube Big Jet Fan will join us later in the program. But first, Jake Brown here, along with my co-host, Jets B-Rider for the New York Post, Brian Costello. Cos, welcome back. You missed uh, quite the ranting and raving from me on oh Sunday boy. afternoon at House of Q at American Dream, where I said, Zach Wilson sucks. Uh, what you've said about Zach Wilson came to fruition on Sunday. Cos, that was, you know, a step way back. That's about eight steps back that he took into rookie year before his injury, throwing it all over, not throwing it away, not taking the simple, boring throw away. And three interceptions that really cost the Jets the game in a game they really should have won. And I left that stadium, walked over that tunnel to do the live show with Tony Richardson and Winker Bet. Very mad because it should have been a six and two Jets team. And the defense did all they could. Obviously, the special teams sucked too. But I thought Zach, with a combination of poor play calling, just an awful, regressive performance all around, guys. Wow. Good to see you, Jake. How was the show? How was the show at the, the House of Q? It was bad. I mean, I'm 0-3. Yeah. Are you banned from doing that? I think, <laughs> I think I'm banned, yeah. Look, he had a bad game. He had a terrible game, but it's one game, right? I think the overreactions, you know, it's not going to be straight line, Jake, right? With him, he's going to have days like that. There's probably others that are going to come but he can bounce back and have better games than that. And we've seen him have better games than that. It wasn't just the three turnovers. It was the special team for terrible. Uh, the JFM penalty was humongous. I mean, the game completely flipped on that play. And I thought it was a good call. I thought he was uh, a step late. You know, that's the way it is in the NFL. You can debate whether that should be roughing the passer or not, but it, it is roughing the passer in 2022. You could also argue they win the game if that if that is a touchdown, because then their yeah. play calling in the second half changes, their whole mentality changes, and it's 17 to three. Yeah, yeah, everything changes about that game. It's 17 to three. You have all the momentum in the world going to the locker room. I mean, the game, you could feel it just turn on that play. And then the Patriots, you knew they were getting the ball to start the second half. They come out and they march down the field uh, to start the second half. After we talked about Zach, they've been winning in spite of him. They've been winning around him for the last few weeks. Pittsburgh game, he he helped them win that game in the fourth quarter. 
But Miami, Green Bay, and Denver, he was uh, just a supporting cast member. That's what they need him to be. You know, we've seen it now. We've seen the formula. They have to play great defense. They have to play good special teams. They have to run the ball, and they have to not turn the ball over. And they can win games. That's how this team is built. And you're looking at the rest of the schedule. They got two games with the Bills that you go, okay, they're probably not going to win those two games. They have a game in Minnesota against the 6-1 Vikings team. You're, they're probably not going to win that game. Then they have three games that I think they should win. The Bears, the Lions, the Jaguars all at home. I think you should say, okay, there's no reason the Jets should lose those games. And then there's the toss-ups that are in the division at the Patriots after the bye, at the Dolphins at the end of the year. I think those are right now toss-up games for them. Dolphins maybe at that point might be might have clinched something. That, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen at the end of the year. But this team still has a path here. Like, <laughs> It just made me laugh. I thought the overreact, just the overreaction, like, yes, it was a very bad game. It was a winnable game for them. Zach turned it over, but you know, they they're still they're still five and three. No one thought they were gonna be five and three right now. Um, even if you're optimistic and you thought they could win eight or nine games, you probably the most optimistic view I heard was four and five at the bye. They're gonna, you know, if they lose Sunday, they're five and four at the bye. So there's still good things. You got to kind of look a little big picture here to me. I agree, but I just think it left a sour taste in my mouth because like you said, they have those. And also at Seattle was the other one you didn't mention is the toss up game. Although Gina Smith is playing. Yeah, right. That, of his yeah, mind. that could be a tough one too. Yeah, that could be a loss or, or a toss up. You know, that's going to be a tough one. It's tough. The ones that the Jake that are so far down the road are tough to figure out right now because these teams are going to look a lot different by the end of December. It's interesting. Salah said Zach is the quarterback the rest of the way. I guess he has to say that, Kaz, but in my mind here, this has to be a game in a game out situation. You're in the thick of a playoff race and AFC is not that good. If Zach is terrible against Buffalo, and he might be, if he throws a few more picks, makes some boneheaded plays, I don't love Mike White, but you have to put him in just for the sake of you have to teach this kid a lesson. He can't just keep making these boneheaded throws. And I know he said he sometimes gets bored kind of with throwing the ball away, but that's kind of the right play a lot of times. What do you think about Zach in the future or this season? If he's bad, do you make a full-time switch? Is it just going to be a switch for a half? How do you see this playing out? Yeah, it's tough right now, Jake, because you got two different tracks here, right? Sort of long view is you got to figure out if Zach Wilson is your guy in 2023 and, and 2024 beyond. So pulling him does nothing to help you figure that out, right? You almost have to let him play through this stuff and see if he can come out on the other end, see if he can build some confidence. That being said, the Jets are in, they're in the playoff hunt, right? They're, this is gonna, they're going to be in the thick of this. And you don't want to waste opportunities to, to make the playoffs. So if you feel like Mike White's going to give you a better chance, you're going to have to make a change. I thought Sala was in a no-win situation with that question. Honestly, like if he says uh, we'll take it week to week, that's a story. If he says Zach's the quarterback for the rest of the year, that's a story. He probably should have done a Belichick in that situation and said, I'm only focused on Buffalo, right? I'm not, I'm not answering any questions about anything beyond Buffalo. That's where my focus is. But he's a nice guy and he tries to answer questions <laughs> and sometimes he gets himself into a little bit of trouble. I, I didn't think it was a huge deal. He can always say he changed his mind, Jake, right down, down the road, but I think you got to kind of got to see it. I don't think right now they should be thinking about Mike White. I think they should be thinking about Zach Wilson. That being said, if he goes out, you know, we talk about it with Geno Smith doing in Seattle. Remember the game Geno had against Buffalo at home where he threw three picks in like the first he was like the first nine minutes of the game and they benched him for Michael Vick. Like you see that, you go, okay, this guy's fried. We got, we got to make a change here. 
But it's it's a balancing act right now between, I thought the trading deadline too is a little bit of a balancing act between the long view and where this team is at. And then, you know, this current trying to make a run for it in 2022. From about the time you went to bed to the time you woke up Saturday into Sunday, you thought Chris Trevor might have a few plays drawn up for him. You wake up Sunday, he goes from activated to deactivated. Was this a, let's give him a pay bump to be on the roster? Was this a, let's fool Bill Belichick into having defense prepare for a few plays? Or do you know another story behind this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what was behind it. Salos sort of said they had something in the game plan for him, but then some other things happened. I mean, figuring out who's inactive is a puzzle every week that they go through. And if one thing happens that throws it off, like they think they're, they they're going to have a guy, then they don't, or vice versa, it throws it all off. It sounded like they, they had something in the game plan for him, and then they changed their minds at the last second. But it was weird that they elevated him, and then he was inactive. And like as far as the Belichick thing, like, yeah, maybe they made Bill think about it for 20 minutes on Saturday night. But I don't think he was losing sleep about the Chris Strebler package in, in, the, in the thing. So uh, it was, that was a little bit of a weird one. Jake, and then obviously the move of backup quarterback was surprising too. Yeah, so is is that it? Is Mike White the backup? Is, is, are we done with Flacco now? I think so. Yeah, I don't see any path back unless, I guess, other than injuries. But yeah, Mike White's the number two. They feel, I think they want to get a look at him if Zach goes down to try to figure out, is he the backup in 2023? I don't know if it's more than that. If they think, oh, maybe he could compete for the job in 2023. I think... They just don't know what they have. Like the guy has really played in what he played in three games last year. He started against Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and uh, Buffalo. So you know, they I think they need to see more from him and figure out what they have, and that also can be in practice too a little bit. But they, they're gonna have to make decisions on him after the year. Guys, what pissed me off beyond just Zach's ineptitude was Mike Lafleur's ineptitude. I'm rescinding my game ball I gave to him a few weeks ago. I'm taking it back from his from his room, from his shelf. I'm taking the game ball back. I'm returning it to Dick Sporting Goods. He's not getting it because I didn't see one screenplay, uh, whether it was running back. Or oh, tight my God. Here I didn't we see go. one end around. Oh, no reverses. No, no oh reverses. God, no well, reverses. listen, when, when Zach is that bad, you got to get creative. He runs so far backwards. Why is he never running forwards? He had chances to run the football, too. Zach didn't run the football. But that's not on yeah. the floor. Well, no, but that's just another aspect of this offense that frustrated me. But LaFleur's got to dial up simpler things. Or, you know, he had the one deep ball to Garrett Wilson, which was great, and we thought it was going to be a parade on Sunday, and then it went downhill. And what was a beautiful day, 82,000 fans, the biggest crowd I've seen there in a long time, it felt good, and then went downhill. Didn't you think LaFleur was not creative enough for Zach here? And he also stopped running the football, too. I thought he wasn't creative enough in the running game, Jake. That's where I thought. I, I don't think the passing game was, was LaFleur's fault. I, there was times, too, where there was a play where I think it was the interception, maybe, where Mims was wide open, deep. Uh, and then, then Zach threw the interception down the sideline. Like you'd seen him, guys, guys were open. He, he just wasn't getting the ball. So, but the running game, I, I thought, I was surprised they were a little more creative in the running game, Jake, because you lose Brees Hall, right? James Robinson comes in, but hard for a guy to get here on a Tuesday and really contribute on a Sunday. So I thought there might be some different formations and using Berrios a little bit more, maybe Elijah Moore, God forbid. Like, you know, I, I thought like, hey, an easy way to make Elijah Moore happy, run the little pop pass to him instead of Garrett Wilson, right? Like, but they, they didn't they didn't do it. So, I, yeah, LaFord did not have a great day. I, I, I don't pin this on him, though. I, I think Zach's struggles were not play calling on Sunday. 
Elijah Moore, you mentioned one of the guys they kept the light trade deadline trading Jacob Martin, which opens up room now for guys like Jermaine Johnson, who's going to be back this week and, and uh, Huff to play. And, you know, Shepard had a sack. So you're going to have these other guys play. They uh, kind of upgrade a fourth round pick. They go from a fifth to a fourth in that Martin deal. So that and James Robinson, the only two moves, no moves for the offensive tackle, which I was hoping for. I think they're relying here on George Fan and Max Mitchell to potentially be come back after the bye next week. We'll see what happens there on the offensive line because Cedric was not good either. You know, Zach was running for his life a lot on Sunday, so that factored in. If you think about it, Jake, what number right tackle are they on right now, right? Four, right? Mackay Becton was supposed to be the starting right tackle. Then Fant was supposed to be the starting right tackle. Then Mitchell Mitchell was a starting right tackle. Then ABT was the starting right tackle. So he Cedric is the fifth. They're on their fifth string right tackle. Like, yeah, that's not going to look good. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's not going to look good. So, yeah, they need Fant and Mitchell to get back uh, quick. And nothing's happening this week, obviously, but they need them back. And it seemed like Moore was never going to get traded. How about Denzel Mims? Two for 76. He was the guy we were mentioning. Take a shot every time we mentioned Denzel Mims. This season, the game is take a shot every time we say Elijah Moore. Like you said, got to get him the ball. I don't know. It feels like LaFleur in some ways has taken this personally. I don't know. There's There was the reported rift between them. Yeah. There seems to be some reason behind the scenes. And listen, Elijah's not painting himself in a great light after the game saying what he said. I know he's right. There's no chemistry when you're not getting the ball, but maybe he shouldn't be saying these kind of things. He clearly doesn't really love Zach Wilson as his quarterback. Those are what you read between the lines. But what do you think of the, the Moore saga? Yeah, I mean, look, Jay, I, I did this stat in my newsletter for Post Sports Plus this week. He's caught one touchdown pass from Zach Wilson in his career, Elijah Moore. He's caught one touchdown pass from Josh Johnson, right? Like, that's think about that. He's got as many touchdown passes from Josh Johnson as Zach Wilson. I think he has one from Mike White, and I think he has two from Joe Flacco. Yeah, something's off there between the two of them. And um, but he only played ten plays on Sunday, so so that was clearly a coaching decision. I think they wanted to get Garrett Wilson more involved. They feel like Garrett Wilson is the guy. He he is him, Jake. To go back to earlier in the year, so I think they wanted to get him more involved. And then with Corey Davis being down. You know, Denzel Mims takes the Corey Davis role. You need a big receiver. Elijah's not going to be able to do that. But they got to figure it out, right? They just have to figure it out this week. Like, they they have to get him more involved. And Salah said it today. You know, he understands. They got to get him more opportunities. And just dial something up for the guy. You know, like, like I said, make it a short pop pass. Just, just get him going a little bit. A screen, a reverse. Give me some trickery. Uh, it was Halloween Eve and there was no trickery except Zach seeing Ghost. I mean, come on. I want to dial up some fun plays. You know, Zach is like the guy you play with a mat. You just keep running backwards, ends up third and 40. Then he finds a way to get rid of it. Just throw it away. Do the boring play. Because if he throws those three balls away and none of those happen, the Jets arguably win the game. And, you know, JFM, what happened? He did this for Cincinnati. I think he did it versus Miami. He did it, I think, against Houston, too, either last year or two years ago. There's got to be some kind of discipline there. I don't know what it is. That was the right call. I know some Jets fans didn't like it. I think it was the right call. But there's got to be some discipline because the defense is great. But those one boneheaded plays, we saw it a few weeks ago, C.J. Mosley on a late hit. There's one late hit here and there are the difference in a one-possession football game. Yeah, and I feel bad for defensive linemen right now, right? They're going 100 miles an hour, and then you're asking them to stop as, as soon as the ball comes out. It's tough. But this has plagued the Jets for a while. I mean, going back to Greg Williams, time like they they led the league in roughing the passer under greg williams 
Um, and it still seems to be a bit of a problem. But yeah, JFM's had some big ones. Cincinnati, when he pushed Burrow down, I think it was last year against Miami, Jake, where he had one that was big. Like I said, I think it was the right call in 2022. I, I you know, I, should it be different? Maybe, but I, I think the Jets have, may have to figure this out. And when, the, when you see the ball come out, you got to pull up. I thought the worst call of the game, Jake, was actually on CJ Mosley when he hit Mac Jones as a runner. Mac Jones took off running and he leaned forward. He didn't slide. He leaned forward and CJ hit him. And it wasn't with his head or anything. And they called him. They called them for unnecessary roughness on that. I thought that call was atrocious. Uh, not as consequential as the JFM penalty, obviously. Yeah, I know a lot of fans, the 80,000 fans were booing that one. And what was a beautiful day at MedLife? I got some color on Sunday. I, I, for the first time, I went out in the sun and watched the game. And it's going to be 72 degrees this Sunday when the Buffalo Bills come to the MedLife Stadium. And I'll just say it now. It'll be the first game of the year. I'm not taking the Jets, and rightfully so. Oh, Jake, you're right. I can't call them. in there. Yeah, I can't. Well, it's Iron Eagle, Charles Davis. I'll miss that call. I think I'm, I'm going to go to this, and unfortunately, I got to stop going because they lose every time I go. But I think I'm going to have to go against the Bears for Darrell Revis Day. Uh, shout out to DeBrickishaw Ferguson, guy who only missed one play, and what he missed on trickery. We need we need more trickery. Yeah, you would like you would like that play, Jake. Yeah, that probably was my favorite play of DeBrickishaw Ferguson's career. Uh, it was that play didn't work very well, and also. Ended their season, so. Oh, all right. Well, let's hope that's the, the last play. Happen. The last play of the 2008 campaign. Oh wow, that was before uh, you were a beat writer. Yeah, but I actually was the beat writer then because Canizero uh, was out. I was filling in for him. So yeah, so it was a uh, trick play in the last game against Chad Pennington's Dolphins, oh, and, well, and it did not work. Well, we might see a, a repeat of that later in the year when they face the Dolphins the last game of the season. Yeah. Hopefully that game does mean something. Well, this one means something. It's a division rivalry. Bills-Jets. The Bills 6-1. and one, Jets 5-3. and three. The Bills with Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, CBS 1 p.m. MetLife Stadium in front of 82,000 last week. I'm sure we're going to get a ton of Bills fans this week, more than Patriots fans last week. Bills fans travel, and I know some Jets fans probably selling their tickets after that last week's loss. 13-point favorites here, the Bills, who beat the Jets twice last season by 17-plus points. The Bills are off to their best starts in 1993 at 6-1. Man, I, uh, I I guess you're picking the Bills in a blowout, but preview the game, make your pick, guys. Yeah. Look, there's been other times this year where I thought they didn't have a chance and they went and won, Green Bay being the biggest one. Uh, so you never know. But just uh, looking at this on paper, Jake, the Bills are the best team in the NFL. Maybe the Eagles could have it make a case, but no one else. They, they've got a great offense, great quarterback, great receiver. Uh, great defense, obviously. Great pass rush, good secondary. And they just got a new running back in Naheem Hines as well. Yeah, new running back, Bob Miller coming off the edge. I mean, hard to see how the Jets win this one. Even if they play perfectly, I, I don't see how they win with this one. So, yeah, I'm going to go. Let me think. I didn't think of a score yet. Let me think here. I will go Bills thir- 30, Jets 13. Ooh. All right, so you're taking the Not Bills to cover, and you're taking the under because the over-under is around 47. Um, yeah, I, for the first time this year, I got to pick against the Jets. I uh, Shockingly, I think they're going to cover. I think 13 is a lot for a home team. I th- I'm hoping Zach will learn his lesson, will throw the ball away, maybe they'll have some design runs for him. I'm going to take the Bills 27-20, so I do think the Jets keep it somewhat close. That might be... That might mean 27-13 and a backdoor touchdown. Have the Bills given up 20 points this year, Jake? I, don't, I mean, 
I'd have to check. I think I heard I heard someone say the stat earlier that they've they've only given up 98 points this year. I believe they gave up 20. No, they gave up 20 to the Chiefs. They gave up 20 to the Ravens. They gave up 20 okay. to the Dolphins. Yeah, they've given up. Oh, so they've given up 20. So yeah. All right, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and was that Tua? So. <laughs> I think it might be 27-13 and the Jets get a garbage time touchdown. They hope for a miracle on an outside kick again. I think it's going to be something like that. But uh, Bills are just too good, and they were my Super Bowl pick. I said Bills-Bucks, and Bucks don't look like they're going to live up to their end of the bargain. But uh, I figured I always pick against Brady. Let me pick for him, and he's just been terrible and dealing with the divorce. So 27-20 Bills. The Jets look to shock the world and be 6-3, and three, but we will react to that game on Monday, and then we will take a bye week. We'll be off for the week as the Jets are off. We are off. Coming up next on Gangs All Here, we'll talk with Jake Asman. We're going to be tough to beat when we, when we take care of the ball. Gangs All Here podcast. Jake Brown here for a little one-on-one with a diehard Jets fan, but also personality. You catch him on ESPN 97.5 FM radio in Houston. That's right. Weekdays from what is it? 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern. It's 3 to 7 Central. He also hosts the Jake Asman show on YouTube where he does a lot of jet stuff there. So subscribe to his YouTube page. He is the pride of Strong Island. Jake Asman, welcome to Gangs All Here. I know you are a loyal listener to the program and we appreciate that. And uh, also a supporter. So welcome back. An honor to be on the show. I've been listening to you and Kaz, Jake, since episode one. I mean, I'm as diehard of a gangs all here listener as you're going to find. So to actually make it on as a guest, I mean, this is right up there with some of the big time achievements I've been lucky to be a part of in my career. Well, we're lucky to have one loyal listener to the program, <laughs> and we appreciate that. That's uh, that's less listeners than interceptions on Sunday for Zach Wilson in really an inexcusable performance in my mind, Jake. What would you think of Zach's game? And also what Salah had to say after the game or Monday about Zach being the guy for the rest of the season, barring an injury. So the the performance by Zach, I mean, you, you can't defend it. It, it was horrible. Now I, I will add try I will try to add some context to it because I'm not one of those crazy Jeff fans that says 18 games into his career, that's it. He's a bust. Play Mike White. Move on from him. Zach's the quarterback. Zach has to con- continue to play. But games like that can no longer be acceptable. You can't have three turnovers in a game you only lose by five points. The Jets are better than the Patriots. I don't think that's a hot take. If you watch the game, the Jets have more talent. And those turnovers directly led to the Jets losing. So Zach's got to clean it up. It's frustrating, Jake, because if you watch the game, and I know you did, he looked pretty good for most of the first half. It was like after that first interception before halftime and the Patriots then took the lead at the beginning of the third quarter, like something went wrong with his brain where he just kind of reverted back to the first seven games we saw from him before he got hurt as a rookie. I mean, this is now seven interceptions in two full games against Belichick's defense. So it was bad. It was inexcusable, but I'm not sitting here saying, well, he's a bust. That's it. Play Mike White. I I mean, it was awful, but we're going to learn a lot about Zach Wilson now over these next two games. He gets the Bills on Sunday. Really good defense. No one expects the Jets to win, so we'll see how Zach Wilson can play against them. And then after the bye week, another week to prepare for this Patriots team that he just played awful against. So, you know, I'm not kicking him to the curb yet. It's a little concerning, no doubt. But, you know, it's one of those things where he has to continue to play. We got to evaluate what he is. And I don't think we know definitively one way or another, 18 games into his career, what he is. And as far as your question about what Salah said, I I expected Salah to say what he said. Joe Douglas basically echoed the same thing at his midseason 
press conference the other day. Zach's the quarterback. We believe in him. We saw the greatness on display when he led him down 10 points in the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh. The other three games before New England, he hadn't turned the ball over, zero interception. So it was a really bad game, but you don't give up on the number two pick in the draft five games into his second season when the team record's still four and one with him as the starter. I'm not ready to give up on him yet for sure, but I don't agree with playing him the rest of the way if he's terrible. I I think the situation, Jake, has changed from before the season because they're in a playoff race in an AFC that is wildly mediocre right now where nine and eight likely gets you into the playoffs. I think you got to go on the fly. If he throws two picks in the first half, Against Buffalo, you got to pull him. If he's bad in the first half, you got to pull him. And if he continues to be bad, you have to make a quarterback change to keep yourself in a playoff race. Now, if you lose the next four, then you just ride Zach out and you're out of it. But until you're out of this playoff race, I think you got to uh, change up your approach here, Jake. I, I, I agree with you to a certain extent. Like if he goes out there against the Bills on Sunday, Jake, and he throws two or three picks in the first half, then yes, you could have a legitimate conversation about making a change. I think the New England game was a bit of an outlier. If you go back to Zach's last five games of his rookie year, him and Aaron Rodgers were the only two quarterbacks in football that went interception free. Then you look at his first four games going into this Patriot game last week, three of those games in a row, he had gone interception free. And the first game against Pittsburgh was his first game back. I only put one of those interceptions on him. The second one went through Tyler Conklin's hands. It was tipped and then picked the other way by Minka Fitzpatrick. So like, I, I guess my point is this. I don't think he's that turnover prone. Like there's some bad moments, like what we saw on Sunday, but I think he, for the most part, he's done a pretty good job taking care of the ball. And I'm hoping that game on Sunday was just the outlier against a Bill Belichick coach defense. If he continues to now spiral out of control, then yeah, I think you got to have a legitimate conversation about just sitting in for a little bit, let him get his mind right and go to Mike White. Cause you're right. This seems five and three. They're in the mix, but the way some Jet fans talk about this team, it's so aggravating. They're not two and five. They're not oh and nine like Brady Quinn predicted. They're in position to actually end the longest playoff drought in the NFL. And nobody saw that coming going into this season. I think Sunday was just so deflating because you win that game and you're six and two, you're in such a better position. With what's a tough schedule, you know, most people expect them to lose this week to Buffalo, then at New England, who, yeah, they look better than, but a road game. The Bears, who you just never know what you're going to get with Justin Fields. And then you get the Vikings and the Bills. So this is really the tough stretch. And then, you know, the last four Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins, you could win two or three of those. But this is a brutal stretch that would have been helped if you had beat New England. I feel like this is the Spider-Man meme with uh, Jake and Jake. We're just pointing at each other. It's getting confusing with Jake and Jake going on here. Jake Asman joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Asman. Um, I got to be careful saying your name, by the way, because you, you pronounce it wrong and you're saying Asman and you're in Houston. So you might be, but I, I don't know what uh, <laughs> what uh, you are. So I can't say that now. I'll help you out. It's uh, it's like it's it's Asman like Jasmine, you know, just so just think of like Aladdin. Just think of Jasmine yes. and you're good One to go. My favorite Disney characters. I actually interviewed uh, once the voice of Jasmine from Aladdin. In my estimation, I gave a game ball a few weeks ago to Michael Fleur. I'm taking that game ball back because I think he calls a terrible game a along with Zach's bad game, no trickery, no trap runs, no screen plays, no design runs for Zach. What about LaFleur's play calling with not, you know, mixing up a little bit? I agree with you. 15 runs is not acceptable. Salah tried to defend it saying, well, you know, if you eliminate the before the end of the half and before we started trailing, we were pretty balanced. It's like, well, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Because 
you're only down nine points at the most in this game on Sunday. So there never should have been a spot where the Jets completely abandoned the run and had Zach Wilson throw over 40 times. So I look, I like Mike LaFleur overall. I do think he's shown creativity. I do think he's shown the adjustment this season to adjust in the second half, which has been a huge issue for this Jets team the last 12 years. But I agree. He did not have a great game on Sunday and they got to clean it up going forward. Give me a screen. Like, it's the simplest play in football. Maybe it's the Madden in me talking, Jake. But I know you lose Brees Hall, but you get Robinson. You have Ty Johnson, who's a fast guy, who's more of a receiving back. A tight end screen. You know, our guy, we had him on the show, Tyler Conklin. I regret not betting any time touchdown as Andrew Hart's going to test before the game or two-plus touchdowns, considering we had him on. He was a great guest. You know, try a tight end screen. If Zach's not going to be able to complete throws, have him run with the football. I think they're just coddling him a little bit here. I know he's not Justin Fields. I know he's not one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, but he has the ability to run with the football and the fact you're not dialing up, not even one, or if it's not working, Braxton Berrios, we've seen him throw the ball, like dial up something different. It's like painful to watch him just run around in circles and then obviously the turnovers, but even throwing it away, it's just painful to watch that over and over and over and over again. Yeah, it's a great point. And I think part of that's also on Zach, too, using his legs more. Like, if you go back and watch the game like I did, there were running lanes for him to take advantage of. Mac Jones did that a lot on third down. When he saw the Jets were in man, there was an open hole, and he took off. And look, all all due respect to Mac Jones, he's not a great athlete in comparison to how special of an athlete Zach Wilson is. So there definitely should be opportunities for Zach to use his legs more. I think maybe they got to coach him up in that aspect. Maybe it's more designed uh, quarterback keepers. They did it once when they were moving the ball in one of their drives early in the first quarter. And, you know, Zach Wilson ended up just picking up two yards and first and 10 became second and eight. They settled for a field goal. So I'd like to see more of that, though, Jake. I think you're on to something. You know, Zach had a lot of success towards the end of his rookie year when he used his legs. That, that One of his highlight plays a year ago was that incredible run he had against Jacksonville. So I'd like to see Zach Wilson take off more with his legs. It's football. You can't be afraid of him getting hurt. If he's going to get hurt, it is what it is. He needs to play better. I feel like he has to be afraid because if he ran as much forward as he does backwards behind the line of scrimmage, Jets will win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, he's <laughs> run out of his mind behind the line where he's 30 yards back and Madden talk, you're thinking it's about to be third and 40 because you try to run with the quarterback as much as you could. He runs 30 yard backwards, run 10 yards forwards. You're right. You know, I'm there watching like, go, go. You got the middle of the field open and he throws it away or he throws it in another guy's hands. Now the one pick you could argue the defender, his knee was out of bounds, but it was, it was too close to kind of overturn that call. Launch that ball into the, the 17th row in the stands. Like the Robert Salad talked about it after the game. He's like, you know, the, the line of scrimmage in that spot's the globe. It's like, yeah, just throw it anywhere. Like that throw it to fireman Ed or Jetman with his 38 chains. He's got on his neck. Throw it throw to, it to Beningo. He was there probably cursing up a storm. I mean, it just it, they, like, that's the one thing though with Zach though, Jake, I think a lot of these mistakes are correctable. Like, I don't think it's Darnold seeing ghosts where like, he just didn't know what to do. Like I, I think we saw some really promising moments from Zach in this game. That's what makes it so frustrating because you see the talent is there. He's not consistent yet, but I do think these mistakes are coachable and it's on the Jets coaching staff to get it out of them because, you know, they, they hitch their future to Zach Wilson and we're going to find out how that plays itself out. Their future is also in Elijah Moore, who they chose not to trade your thoughts on that whole situation. If he's now going to be here, which he is going forward, you got to utilize him. end arounds screens. Find a way to get him the ball. He's too talented of a player. Why is Jeff Smith taking more snaps than Elijah Moore? Look, they have to figure this out. He's too special of a talent for it to get to a point where he's only playing eight snaps. That being said, 
I agree with them not trading him. I think it sets a terrible precedent if you just jettison a guy the second he asks out when he's done really nothing big picture in the NFL. So I understood why they didn't trade him. But Jake, now that he's here, they got to use him. He's a good player. And quite frankly, without Brees Hall, they need some playmakers. And I think we saw from number eight last year, the guy can make plays. Yeah, and, you know, they badly miss Brees Hall. I mean, they do not have that explosive uh, guy in the backfield anymore. And the the running back core isn't the same. Did you agree with them barely running the ball? I think they ran it 15 times for like 51 yards or something like that on Sunday. Do you think they need to go back to 25 runs even without Brees Hall here and using a little bit more James Robinson? Absolutely. You know, my hope is because James Robinson only had three practices last week, they were limited with some of the play calls they have for him. Let's hope now with another week of practice, then the bye week, we start to see this offense really be, you know, a a ground and pound team. Zach doesn't need to throw 40 times. That's not a winning formula. Yes, you want him to eventually be able to do that. He's the second pick in the draft, but he's played 18 career games. He's not a finished product yet. Help him out. I I I saw a great stat. 80% of turnovers in the NFL come on throwing plays. So if you want to take care of the ball, run the football, and you significantly eliminate your chances of a turnover. And the team that wins the turnover battle in the NFL, the vast majority of time wins the game. So if you're the Jets, you got a good defense. Until last week, you had a pretty good special teams unit. Run the football, take care of the ball. And this team, as Joe Douglas talked about the other day, they're going to have a chance to to really make some noise here the last month of the year and maybe end this playoff drought. Yeah, special teams is also frustrating. I mean, just let the ball go in the end zone. Take it at the 25. They, it felt like they were starting at the 15 every time, and New England was starting at like their own 43. That's a big difference in the game. It doesn't help when Greg Zerline's missing a, a makeable kick either. You thought the kicker issues were the thing of the past. You got Eddie Pinheiro taking selfies uh, wherever the hell he's playing in Carolina, and now you got Greg Zerline missing kicks as well. Are you sold? Obviously, no one's on the hot seat, but are you sold on Salah and his coaching staff? Do you like this staff? I'm encouraged by what we have seen so far. Let's not forget, Jeff fans. I know we all made the Patriot matchup, you know, the Jets Super Bowl, and it's a bummer to lose, but it seems five and three. Even if they lose to the Bills, and I'm not picking them to win, I'm sure Kaz has them losing a thousand to nothing on Sunday. <laughs> and you know what? I can't even blame them because I, I think it could get ugly on Sunday. But I, I'll say this they're going to be five and four at the bye week. Who wouldn't have signed for that coming into the year? I know you adjust your expectations. You're a Met fan, Jake. You adjust your expectations based on what you see, but still, big picture, this is a young team. That's missing a lot of key players. Look how beat up their offensive line is. Look how beat up it, you know the injuries are to Corey Davis and losing Hall and ABT, of course, for the season. They're still going to be 5-4 and four with a winnable game after the bye week at New England. And they haven't lost on the road yet this year. So they're giving us a real season here. I think Joe Douglas deserves tremendous credit. The draft picks look great. Free agent signings have come through. And ultimately, Robert Sala and Jeff Obrick, who everyone wanted to run out of town, have taken a defense that last year was 32nd in football to now based on any you know metric you look at a top five unit. So I think there's a lot to be encouraged with overall while still understanding. Yes, we still need to find out what exactly Zach Wilson is going forward. Yeah, this defense is carrying this team. They have been fun to watch and they were put in some bad spots on Sunday from, you know, special teams and obviously the turnovers from Zach and still held them to just 22 points and put them in a great position to win the game. So the defense has been fantastic for this Jets team. We're talking Jake and Jake on the fan. I always tell Jake <laughs> one day we're going to have a show on the fan. It's going to be Jake. There was Mike and Mike, but there was never a Jake and Jake. 
people like to compliment my radio voice. You have, you have a nice radio voice, but you also have hair. Although, is it artificial hair? Tell me what you did to your hair. You did a Joe Buck special. Tell me what the hell you were telling me you did to your hair. Yeah, I did something that actually I was told Tom Brady had done. So I, you know, I, I do local radio here in Houston, even though you know I'm a passionate you know New York guy. I obviously, talk Jets every day on YouTube. But my day job is I do afternoon radio for ESPN Houston down here, and I speak for a client, a doctor. His name is Doctor Lindell. He's a part of uh, a, a practice that offers a hair procedure called the Neograft procedure. It's a procedure. The who? The, it's called the Neograft procedure. Let me explain it to you. They take your hair from parts where you have it. So for me, it was the back of my head. And they extract the hair follicles from that hair. And they insert those hair follicles where you need it. So for me, it was my hairline up here where it's where it's thinning. And it's a procedure where, once again, they're taking your own hair and placing it where you need it. And then over the course of the next year to year and a half, I'm now a year in, your hair starts to grow back and it's naturally your hair. So it's called the Neograph procedure. And I had this done. I speak for them on the radio and I can't say enough amazing things about it because I could you know, I'll text you some before and after photos. I used to have like no hair around here. And now you can start to see it's all coming back. And you know, by January, I should have pretty much a full hairline, which is exciting. He's got a hair for radio, folks, and now That's a hair right. for TV. He's, That's right. Uh, uh, it's impressive, Ed Sheeran over here. Uh, still I no thought we were going to do this in the New York Post uh, SNY studio, Jake. So that's why I wanted to, you know, get the procedure done in time. But I, we're just doing it over Zoom. So, yeah, you know, that, unfortunately, okay. from my overpriced uh, bedroom here in Astoria and not the <laughs> SNY studios downtown. All right. So Jets lose Sunday at this point at five and three. How many games do you think this team wins? I want this team to, to have a winning season. You know, I think anything short of winning nine games would be a, a disappointment. I understand, you know, you brought up the schedule. It's not easy. You know, that New England game could really decide a lot of things in a couple of weeks. We're going to learn a lot, I believe, about this team, how they respond to taking on the Patriots in Foxborough after the bye week. Sound familiar? That's what happened last year, and they lost 54-13. So we're going to learn a lot about this Jets team in a couple of weeks. And then after that, you got to win the games you're supposed to win. Bears at home. Jacksonville at home, you play the Lions, you know, you play some teams on your schedule that should be quote unquote winnable games. And really the last two games of your year uh, of your season at Seattle against Geno, who's beaten his two other former teams already this year. You don't want to be the third former team he's beaten. And then maybe it all comes down to that Miami game. I, I really can envision a scenario where Jets Dolphins gets flexed to Sunday night football. And that's a battle for the last wild card spot. So look, they got to get there first. But I think anything short of at least a nine-win season at this point would be very disappointing. They're five and three. I think they'll be five and four at the bye, and they've given themselves a chance here. I believe to have their first winning season since 2015. Nine and eight. Sign me up, Jake. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm back in. I'm back in. You got Let's me go. reeled back in after Sunday. Pissed me off. I'm going again on Sunday to Jets build. I got to stop going. They're zero and three with me in the building. The only oh. game they won was when I wasn't there against Miami. But that was the game I was at. Maybe that. Maybe I got to go to the building instead, and and you stay home. Are you are you going to Jets Bears? I I will be at Jets Bears because Revis is my favorite uh, Jets player of all time. So there's no way I was going to miss a Ring of Honor ceremony for Darrell Revis. All right, I think I might have to go to that. I fly back from Carolina Saturday purposely, so I watch football Sunday. So I might have to go to Jets Bears now. So we'll see if we make that happen. We'll subscribe to Jake Asman show on YouTube. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Asman, like Jasmine. Follow him there and ESPN 97 radio in Houston weekdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Catch him there. Jake, we'll do it again this season. And uh, I hope to see you in a few weeks at Jets Bears. We'll uh, we'll have a cold one and a, and a uh, bratwurst. I, can, I cannot wait. J the Jake and Jake show lives on, my friend. What the hell is going on here? 
All righty. That says adios to episode 120 of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing the show and make sure you catch up on all episodes. You may have missed if Gangs All Here by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify and write in a nice review, please, on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate your support all season of gangs all here we also have a voicemail line open up we'll answer them on next week's episode so please leave us a voicemail save the number call us every week give us your thoughts we want to hear from you 646-974-4942 that's 646-974-4942 that's the gangs all here voicemail we'll play your voicemails next week if not after the bye week we'll get to you We'll play the best ones and react to those. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow Kaz at Brian Kaz. Tweet me as well with your questions, your comments, your concerns. Make sure you tweet me there. For Brian Costello, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. We'll return on Monday following that Jets-Bills matchup. It'll be me and Kaz, a normal show. The live show's done for the year for now. Unless the Jets maybe are in a playoff race in late December. Maybe we'll do another one, but for now, no more live shows. So back to your regularly scheduled program Monday, me and Kaz after Jets Bills. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at MetLife Stadium Sunday, and we'll talk to you Monday right here on Gangs All Here. Peace. You're going to burn that game tape.